I don't know. I it was a very busy today. My my son graduated junior high school, so I went to his high school graduation. Normally, I record this in the morning. It's now the afternoon. I don't know if that's going to make it more rushed or more rambly or maybe better. I don't know. I did prep my notes, though. We are good on the notes. We're good on the information. Oh, my God. High school graduations in Japan are dour. <laughs> it was... Everyone marched in like a funeral procession. They all sat down and then everyone had to get up and like, uh, they gave a little speech and then everyone was called by name to stand up and it was just, there was no joy, no clapping, no like, woo, nothing. It was just it's painful to, to watch. And then half an hour in, I had to pee. So for the hour remaining, probably more, probably an hour and a half, I, I was just pent up. I was like, I, got this. I hope this is over. I hope this is over. And then it was speech after speech after speech. The mayor of the city came. That was kind of cool. Mayor of the city came and he gave a speech. Uh, and some guy came up and talked about baseball, which seemed really unrelated. Um, <clears throat> then a teacher got up and started to cry. And then all the kids like shuffled out like they were t- being taken to prison. I was like, okay, that's cool. It's over now. And then they're like, oh, now we're going to show a video and have another speech. <sighs> So I got up during the video and went and peed. It was absolutely ridiculous, though. So that was more than half my day gone already. Uh, That said, we're here for the news. That's my personal Japanese update. I know people do want to get a little something about my life in there. Sometimes they they find that the the, the human relations aspect of of the podcast, which I think is important... uh, if you're watching the video, Dave has a new bed. You can see his little face stuck in the corner. I moved the camera to make sure you get that little face just right there in the corner. Gassy. We've followed the Gassy story. Um, nothing is really happening. And it keeps popping up every week like an update on Gassy. I'm always like, should I talk about it? But Gassy is a YouTuber in Japan. Well, actually not in Japan. He's a YouTuber about Japan, from Japan. And he, like, broke celebrity scandals. Now, currently, he lives in Dubai. He decided to run for government. He runs on the NHK party, which is actually the anti-NHK platform party. It's a single policy party. Like, they have one thing they want to do, and this is essentially abolish the NHK, which I'm not against. I just don't think it's worth having a whole party on for. Gassy, when you become a, a... a policymaker, an assemblyman or whatever, uh, you have to show up. Now, he's like, oh, I can show up virtually. And I, at the time, I was like, yeah, he was voted in by the people. They knew he lived in Dubai. They knew he would have to attend virtually. He'd have to vote virtually. But we're living in that kind of time now where that's acceptable. What's the big deal? They have a rule. You have to show up in person to vote every now and then. And then Gassy's like, the problem is, because I've pissed off so many celebrities and some politicians, if I show up in Japan, I'm going to get arrested. Now, he has agreed, and they said, well, if you don't show up in Japan, you're going to lose your job as an assemblyman. So he's agreed to come to Japan and apologize. So this, there's nothing really has happened right now, but I'm giving an update for anyone who has followed along this story. After he shows up, if he gets arrested, if something bad happens, I'm going to follow up on that story. If nothing happens, I might mention it and move on, because then it's been a whole bunch of hurrah for nothing. I was very, very interested in this because... He was voted in under a very certain set of conditions. 
and the government is saying that's not acceptable, his first proposal should be you should be able to govern remotely. Because I actually think we've gotten to a stage in the world where you don't have to be physically present to do most jobs like this. Like if it's a policy job, if it's an opinion-oriented thing, where it's things where you brainstorm and give ideas or write code, you don't need to show up. If you, if you got to like pick something up and move it somewhere else, if you have to like dig something, construction, you got to show up for those jobs. But if you are designing, computerizing stuff, you don't need to be present in person to do those things. I, I And again, government... I think as long as you have all the information, you're doing things properly, it actually should be fine. But that's a question of should they change the rule now? This being Japan, they absolutely do not want to change the rule. And I think they're looking for a way to just get rid of Gassy. So we've talked about uh, Japan changing its defense policies. And the change in defense policies has been primarily like, we need counter-strike capabilities. But their version of defense is... North Korea shoots something at us, we should be able to shoot the thing that shot the thing at us in the first place. Uh, and they've made a step towards that. So they've, they've, they've increased the budget. Uh, they said they were going to take it from cigarette companies and corporate taxes so it wouldn't affect the average person, although inflation has gone up a lot. And I'm wondering if that is maybe related to this uh, policy change that requires billions and billions of yen. Japan plans to buy 400 Tomahawk missiles. Uh, Kishida didn't mention how much they cost per missile. Uh, these are for counter-strike capabilities, and they have a range of 1,600 kilometers. And what I wanted to do was get a map up and actually measure 1,600 kilometers so we could see what Japan would be able to hit. How far away is Pyongyang from Tokyo? Oh, it is 1,281 kilometers. So the 1,600-kilometer strike zone fits the North Korean capital squarely in the middle. Uh, I may, if I can get some time, actually follow up on this next week. And then for people who are on the video, I can throw a picture up on the video to show what they technically could hit. If something shot at them from this place, it has, would have to be in this 1,600-kilometer ring what they could hit back. And then for the audio listeners, I could actually mention a few sort of distinct places. But Pyongyang, the capital of North Korea, I bet would be the main focus of what they're uh, looking at, talking about defending from. Did that sentence make any sense? Ah, whatever. Was it last year? Do I have the dates? Yeah, last year, they said they were going to look for some new astronaut candidates in Japan. And I was like, oh, I should apply for that. Ha ha ha. I actually would just like to go through the exams and the training. Not actually, I don't really, like I would love to go to space, but I think doing the training to go to space would be actually just as much fun, even if you didn't get to go to space. And then I found out they were taken, my, my thought was, I'm too old, so they're not going to take me. And I'm not Japanese, but actually, maybe. Uh, turns out one of the guys they took was 46. He's only a couple years younger than me. They had applicants up to like 72, so I may have had a shot. I think me not being Japanese actually would have been the biggest concern. They've selected two astronaut candidates uh, from the, the pool that they had that applied. One is a World Bank employee, and the second is a surgeon. 
Now, the 28-year-old surgeon, female, is very impressive. Uh, just being a surgeon at 28, I mean, the, having a vagina has very little to do with that. Unless you're in Japan where, as we had the scandal last year, where the women's scores were knocked down. So if you, my theory at the time then was that every female doctor was actually superior to every male doctor because you had to get, if you wanted to, if you got, if a male got 100% on a test and a female got 100% on the test, the female actually had to get like 120 on the test because they systematically brought those scores down. So I only wanted female doctors after I read about that. So like they made it sound like, oh, this is, this is unfair. And I'm like, yes, it is. But also it makes me think that every woman is a better doctor in Japan than every man. Uh, Jay just put in the chat, I wish I could go to space. I do too. That's actually why I've been so deep following this story uh, as they are anyways. Mm -hmm. Ah, Okay. I don't know if I want to give full credit or not. My doctor, two years ago, I got real sick. I was in hospital for a month. My doctor, he was weird, but he was a very good doctor because he kind of (laughs) giggled. In bedside manner, I don't know if they actually train that, but one of the things you don't want your doctor to do is giggle, ever. Uh, and I was I was in really bad shape, so when he giggled, it was very off-putting. Anyways, we're talking about astronauts. This lady, she's 28, she's a surgeon, she's awesome. Like, she's just straight up, she's awesome. The guy, 46, he's a World Bank employee. I was like, what, are they going to go to the moon and do some accounting? Uh, I was a little down on that. But then what am I like? I'm like, what am I? I'm like basically an English teacher. So if they're going to take a World Bank employee, like a finance guy, those skills don't relate. Maybe they're going to take a, take me. I'm a good communicator. I could I could play that up. So that actually made me think I did miss my opportunity because they weren't looking for pure... Uh, feasible, usable skills in space. Like a surgeon, you get hurt, a surgeon can help you. Uh, you go up into space, this guy could not, he could fix your finances. I don't know what that means. So it means they were taking people where they, the skills they had were not directly applicable to going to space, which means that actually meant I did have a chance because my skill set has nothing to do with space. But then if this guy can go, maybe I could go. So now this is it. I just rolled that around in my head and go, ah, I think I missed my chance to go to space. They are going to do two years of training. Uh, the man is 46. He's the oldest uh, applicant. He's the oldest person they've accepted into the program. And the lady is the third woman they've accepted into the program. One of the goals they have is to put the first woman on the moon. So we've had women in space. Uh, we've had men on the moon. We haven't had a woman on the moon. So Japan's like, oh, here's an opportunity. We could put the first woman on the moon. I think this lady, perfect choice. I mean, I'm, I'm jealous that she's going at all, but if she's going to go, let's let's support her to go all the way. I want to see her go to the moon and be the first woman standing on the moon. I think that's awesome. Uh, the available age of current astronauts is an average of 52 to 53 years old. So the average age of an astronaut in Japan is already two years older than me. And they retire at 60. They actually force in retirement. You can't like keep going, which I understand. So that means next time they go for applicants, it next would be like two years from now. I'm going to be 52. And then if I get it, I would be 54. So I, I think I've actually missed my opportunity to go to space. So... Uh, I, I, let's face it. I'm going to take my dreams. And I'm going to put them on this woman. I'm going, to, I'm going to take her dream and I'm going to inflate them. If she succeeds, I succeed. 
And that's what I want. I want her to go to space. I want her to land on the moon. And I want her to be the first woman on the moon. And in a way, I will have gone to space. And I will have been to the moon. And I will also have been the first woman on the moon. Uh, the baby decline. <laughs> God damn it. This is a really downer. Uh, this year, or last year, 2022, they had less than 800,000 babies. That is the seventh like consecutive drop in the number of babies in Japan. It is down 5.1%. In 2017, because of the trends, they had predicted that this would happen, the less than 800,000 number would happen in 2033. So we are a decade ahead in the number of babies dropped. Not physically dropped. The numbers of babies born down. (laughs) I guess they're always kind of born down. Gravity takes place. The number of babies not born, (laughs) the numbers of baby born is the lowest number consecutively. But they predicted that less than 800,000 was going to happen in 2033, 10 years later. Uh, COVID contributed, uh, financial issues contributed, all these things contributed. Uh, Last week we did the story on what uh, the, the government officials saying that the problem, the low birth rate is because of Japan's weak romantic power which I agree with, except I don't think you can define romantic ability or romantic power. So that's that's a little bit problematic. Mm. They said there are many factors, including financial insecurity and less social encounters. And the less social encounters because of the pandemic is absolutely true because people are le- meeting less people. The number of deaths was 1,582,033. That is up 129,744. And this got Elon Musk to prompt a a comment that if this keeps going, Japan will disappear. So Elon Musk has a fundamental understanding of math and numbers that go up and numbers that go down. So he is a genius. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, Thank you for this. He solved the problem. He said, if this keeps happening, Japan will disappear. We don't need to worry about it anymore. Elon fixed it. I mean, we're done, right? This is interesting. So Kishida got in trouble. The Prime Minister of Japan got in trouble. Uh, Japan's ban on same-sex marriage is not discriminatory, is what he said. And this has sparked some criticism. I think it is a very fair statement to say it, it, it sparked criticism and it deserves some, uh, some examination. Kishida came out and said, I have never stated I'm against it. Which I, was like, I would like to break down that sentence. So First of all, what is discriminatory is the first thing. And I would say discrimination is when you take a group and you apply a set of rules to them that is unfair. And what we're looking at is marriage and what is a definite marriage. Again, definition is probably the issue because in Japan it's defined as a man and a woman. Uh, actually, maybe I wrote it down. Okay, no, I didn't write it down. It is stated somewhere that a marriage in Japan is actually uh, sort of a cis-traditional, heteronormative, male-female union. Whereas I've always thought marriage is financial, if we're being honest. Like, you do it because of love, but but you're really, what you're doing it, as far as the government is concerned, is for tax purposes, to bind your taxes, to take your two estates and put them together so that if I get sick or my wife gets sick, you know, they have access and back and forth. Uh, 
that union has very little to do with gender. It's all, as far as I'm concerned, finances. When it comes to the government, when you come to a religious ceremony or a ceremony of anything, that's all about the love and, and the, the union of two people and stuff. But as far as the government concerned, this is about taxes and money. And so I don't see how a man and a woman, a man and a man, a woman and a woman makes any difference when you're talking about binding your finances. So that's, again, my view. What I was interested in, though, is Kishida said, I have never stated I'm against it. I've never said out loud. I have never spoken the words. I am an against it. That doesn't mean he isn't against it. I personally have never stated that I'm against fucking penguins. I am. Let's just put that out there right now. But because I never said I'm against fucking penguins doesn't actually mean I am or I'm not. That just actually means I might be really pro-fucking penguins. But I know it's socially unacceptable to say it, so I've never said it out loud. So coming out and saying that I have never stated that I'm against fucking penguins doesn't mean I am or I'm not. So you actually have to come out and say it. This is actually the problem with politicians. What they want to do is make statements. Uh, I do always, as many times in, in Ninja New Japan, I've talked about a, a politician making a statement that offends people, and then they retract that statement. And I've always felt like that doesn't actually do or mean anything because the thought is still in their head. He's saying, I've never said I'm a discriminatory piece of shit. But that doesn't mean he isn't. Jade has now put in uh, apparently a quote by a very famous man. I have never said I'm against fucking penguins, which is true. Up until this podcast, the entirety of my life, I never made that statement. So you could have tried to make the claim he is pro. You could have tried to make the claim he is against. It is unsure. Everyone is unsure until I actually make a statement. But stating that I've never stated it doesn't mean anything. And that's the bit I actually really enjoyed more than anything else. Japan is the only G7 nation member that doesn't have anti-discrimination laws. Uh, So this will be an interesting one going forward because there are small groups like in the, like there's a a prefecture, not prefecture, an area in Tokyo, a ward, I think it's Shibuya, And they allow same-sex unions, but that isn't seen as universally accepted. So what does that mean? You could actually get married in this place. I guess as long as you don't leave that place, you can have your same-sex marriage? It's very difficult to understand because what is the point of having one area in a city where it's okay and the rest of the city it's not okay? Because as soon as I leave that area, are we not married anymore? Uh, It's going to cause legal complications down the line. But at least it's showing that there is a place in Japan that is thinking forward to thinking that this is acceptable, that this is the future. And if two people want to bind their lives together, maybe you should just let them. A 72-year-old teacher. So this guy's been teaching hopefully a long time. He wanted to show that there are useful bacteria uh, common in daily life. Uh, Teach the kids about, you know, your gut health and that kind of stuff. So he mixed some yogurt and milk and he took it home and he put it in the fridge. And then he brought it back to school the next day, this milk-yogurt mixture. And he gave it to six students. Two had headache and nausea and had to be taken to the hospital. One went to see a doctor after they got home from school. And two of them, oh, and two staff vomited when they got home. So I think what we've actually learned is that you shouldn't drink milk yogurt combinations created by your teacher and brought into school. 
It's funny because here, here's the thing. The reality is you have this guy, he's a teacher, and he wants to do something really practical and show students something and really teach them. And this is the kind of stuff we want teachers to do. And then he just totally duffs it. He takes it and he makes all the kids sick. Actually, it sounds like only three of the kids, three out of six got sick. So this is a 50% shot rate. Two staff got sick. So two staff should just, I don't know, homemade stuff you probably should not be drinking. I mean, that's just the short version. Don't drink stuff that some dude has made at home. All right, so our last two stories. Let me take a drink of water first. Mm, that's old man hot water right there. Not hot water that came from an old man. Again, I really feel like I always have to be very clear. Uh, that is That is an old man drink. Old men tend to drink things like hot water. I, I've really taken a hot water in my golden years. <laughs> what was that sound? Which one? You mean the slurping? Swallowing. And then... Uh, we can break that up into... You can make a, a beat. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Okay. We got two stories about people uh, having trouble at work. I bet it was the swallow. This microphone. I actually was having a conversation on Reddit about microphones. This microphone. Oh, the mmm. I mean, that's the, the, the sound of pure satisfaction of an old man. That is an old man. See, I don't get gratification the way you young young folk do. I don't I don't I don't cotton to this sexual gratification. I don't. I don't believe in these 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 drugs and, and the, the alcohol and, the, and the, the jazz cigarettes. I I like the purity of flushing out my colon with some piping hot water. Mm. <laughs> uh, I can't remember where I heard jazz cigarettes recently and really enjoyed it. Anyway, we got two guys who got in trouble at work, and I really enjoy people getting in trouble at work. Uh, a city employee was fired for getting 1.54 million yen in overtime pay. Dude, I have an enema story. <laughs> it's so it's such a nightmare. I suppose I could tell. I've told it on Velocipodcast, Podcast, which is now essentially a defunct podcast, so I'm going to hit this story sooner or later. I... Uh, forget why oh i was gonna have the camera shoved up my butt and i had to go uh to the doctor to do it and they wanted me my voice just got a little quieter because i'm talking about my butt so they gave me this stuff to drink it was like a two liter jug and i got about halfway through and then i started throwing up and we call up the hospital and i say like i'm I'm drinking this stuff but i can't keep it down it's just something about it and then the the lady on the other end goes but it's the mild stuff and we're like that's irrelevant. If I'm throwing it up, I'm throwing it up. So they're like, okay, we'll come in and we'll take care of it. And we'll take care of it. It's already an issue. So we go up and then she gets this like, it was basically a little bigger than this. It was like one of those uh, 500 milliliter cans of Pepsi, but it was full of like water and saline solution or something. She goes, I'm going to put this up your butt. Not the thing, it had a tube. And I was like, ah, that's never going up my butt. And she's like, no, no, it will. I'm like, "Mm, I'm not like, I'm on your side on this one. Uh, but I've just never put anything up my butt before. So that volume is probably not going to go up my butt successfully. 
And then she's like, okay, well, I've done this a million times. I'm the experienced nurse. I'm going to do it. I'm going to shove this up your butt. And I was like, all right. You know, I am rooting for you on this one. She uh, has me roll on my side. Me arguing with her, I don't think, was really what she was used to. So she uh, put on the lube. Ironically, not gently. Lube is supposed to make that kind of thing better. She just, and then got in. I was like, ooh. Uh, and then she kind of went up and started doing it. And, and we got most of the way down. And then it started like, eh, it wasn't all going up. And I was like, mm, I'm not going to say I told you so, because I don't really know how to say that in Japanese. But I think my face says it all. Uh, that in weird discomfort, because I've never done this before. So then they, uh, they're they like, okay, well, we have as much water up your butt as we can. <laughs> so you go over, go over and, you know, poop it out. And I was like, great. Um where because i assume right here right now is how it's going to happen and so i'd actually i kind of forgot to say uh i had to put on a diaper before the thing is the diaper in japan you either have like tiny people size or sumo size there's no in between so i uh had sumo size diapers on ignace put in the trick is to clench really hard believe me i had to clench. we're getting to that part of the story so then I'm like, okay, well, I've pulled up my sam my my not samurai size, my sumo size um, diapers. Where do I go to the toilet? Because I actually assumed it was not in the diaper. And she's like, yeah, across the hall, there's a bathroom. So go in there and go. And I was like, okay, great. So I'm clenching as hard as I can. I have my giant diaper on. My wife is sitting outside. She sees me walk out, and I'm like, literally going, should I pull up my shorts? This is summertime. Over my giant samurai, not samurai, over my giant sumo diaper, or should I just go through in my diaper? Both equally embarrassing. Like, I'm just feeling humiliated this time, emasculated. It's great. Um, she starts laughing her ass off. She's just like, at this point, just go. It doesn't make a difference. I go to the toilet. It's occupied. And I'll just let that sit with you, just like it sat with me, only there was a lot more pressure on me as I stood kind of doing the like, it's like the little kid I have to pee dance, but it was I have to poop out a cola bottle of liquid uh, with giant sumo diapers on, clenching as hard as I can because I really don't want to poop in my diaper. (laughs) And I think this is a preview of what life has in store for me. I was now back to people who got in trouble at work and didn't have problems at hospitals. Uh, a city employee was fired for getting 1.54 million yen in overtime. The thing is, they were not actually doing the overtime. This is Japan. What he was doing, he was getting the overtime form, waiting till his boss left, going into his desk and getting the little stamp, and then approving his own overtime and putting it in. What they found was they could see him leave. This was the problem with not having invisibility powers. They could see him come and go. They realized he wasn't coming and going when his timesheet said he was coming and going. The boss didn't remember approving so much OT. Uh, and then they like sat down, figured it out, and he got fired. So I get I my problem with crime and stealing stuff is just the plan seems so poorly thought out. You're gonna take your boss's stamp, you're gonna do overtime. You could do a little bit. I bet you could do an hour or two every month and not get caught. Uh, but he when you get to the 1.54 million yen mark. You're going to you're going to realize that everything is you're going to get caught. An employee was told to wear a mask. 
this was a very normal thing because this was last December and masks sort of mandates by governments is still in place. As a country, Japan doesn't have mask mandates, but it's sort of a social pressure thing and people are doing it. Companies do. So your company's telling you, government absolutely does. If you work for the government, you have to wear a mask. This guy clearly did not like wearing a mask. He was reminded mid-December, so around December 15th, uh, please wear your mask. And he got pissed and it sort of stewed and he just sat there. On the 20th, he decided to delete files on a shared server related to tax collections. And I was like, did he get revenge by saving a bunch of people taxes? I know it probably isn't that simple because they'll just find the taxes they're missing and go get them. These tax agencies don't mess around. They always find you. But it showed to me the attitude of what was going on. Uh, This is a very disgruntled employee. And you know he's particularly disgruntled when all of a sudden mid-January you get to evaluation period in most companies. He went to his section chief and he said, consider yourself dead if my evaluation is poor. You know what? His evaluation wasn't poor. He was fired. And that, I think, is appropriate. (laughs) 